two hosts. Tell me the most interesting thing on your mind right now. Sorry, I, 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 I was working on something. What was that? Two guests. You know, you guys really suck. Why is the floor wet? One inept producer. Wikipedia! Wikipedia! Four intriguing topics. They talk, you listen. Disappointment follows. Welcome to That Was Disappointing. Remember to tip your veal and try the waitress. Welcome, everybody, to That Was Disappointing. We are back once again. Myself, Art, with Lex, our producer, Hello. Dave. And today on the dais, we have Chris, who's looking really not happy to be here. And Jeff is back as well. So thank you, gentlemen, for taking time out of your busy, busy schedules to join us on this fine, fair summer evening. Thanks. Nobody wants to say hi. That's no, cool. We'll just you're, you're <laughs> fucking move right on. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> What's everybody drinking? How about we start with a fun little icebreaker like that, huh? I'm drinking the Yangling tonight. Oh, Yangling. I'm jealous. I missed that. I have a big stein here of, uh, well, uh, it's a Natty Bow stein, but I actually have a Corona beer in here. So you are really loving this Corona thing, aren't uh, you, Joe? I am. COVID-19. <laughs> for the win. Doesn't protect mm. you against the virus, Joe. Just so you know. <laughs> And I have this uh, actual, uh, I don't know, it's a blended Irish whiskey, but it was incredibly cheap for a handle, and I thought it was going to be terrible. It ended up being delightfully smooth. Very so. nice. So I have gone with a truly, but it's not just a truly, the half and half those calories. Glass filled half with uh, Grey Goose and then truly on top with a little ice. Nice. Ah, uh, well, actually, you know what? That's, that's, <laughs> truly the way to go ah. and how about you jeff <clears throat> you can't can you see it i mean it, it's hard to get reception here on the moon but it's a rum and coke. <laughs> for it's, those of you who are sort of there i don't know what's up with his glass but the, for, you're gonna coke. put it in front of your face because uh jeff is currently on the moon for those of you who can't see this since we're not doing yeah. video but the um, lengths but i go for your podcast that's very well you know i'm glad you came down from mars to join us on the moon so yeah. i knew it was faked yeah. That's, that's right. I wasn't that's going right. to Earth. You guys got coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say community cheers before we get this going. Huzzah, everybody. Huzzah. So Huzzah. for those of you who are fresh to this experience, a quick reminder, there are four of us here. That means four different topics for 10 minutes each. We're going to go around and see what sort of hilarity or boredom ensues. So, And also, Dave is going to score us, too, I believe. So... Allegedly, Dave will be scoring us. Um, I, I have very little hope for how this is going to work out for me. Um, how does scoring work? Can somebody explain that? Um, um, Dave, yes. Uh, the points don't matter, but whoever loses has to run naked around their house. Ah. The you know, when we do get a YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel up for this, I will be playing the most mega epic loss of all time, which includes Dave running naked around yes. a house. So there you go. Yes. Well, why don't we get this started today with Joe? Yes. All right. So Netflix has brought back a classic series from the 90s, Supermarket Sweep. My question, it, it is airing old episodes, that is. So my question is, in this day and age, gentlemen, what would be your 
supermarket sweep strategy. Art, go ahead and start us off. <laughs> keep okay. in mind, keep in mind, hold on. Keep in mind that you can only have uh, five of each item. Yeah, so I'm going to need you to give me a refresher on this because I saw that it was on Netflix. I saw it was in my queue or my suggested. And then I clicked on it because it did seem vaguely familiar. Then I realized it's from 1993. Oh, it's so nice. So I don't remember shit at all from 1993. So could you give me a just a, a two-sentence breakdown sure. of what my goal is? Sure. And Dave can actually help me out here just because I know he's binging it as well with his wife right now. Supermarket sweep at the end, your goal is to run around the market, get as many high-priced items as you can, and whoever has the highest shopping cart, uh, once it's all rung up wins gotcha and okay. this show hold on and this show is so 90s that the grand prize back in 92 or 93 was five thousand dollars woohoo whoa that's almost <laughs> as topical as how chopped has been on for 33 seasons and they are still giving away ten thousand dollars so they obviously don't care about inflation okay i got it so now i'm just going to assume is this such as a regular grocery store or is this like pie in the sky like it's or like a regular like store. Regular store. All right. Well, then my thing is I would quickly run to the butcher section and I would get up every piece of, of fine cut, you know, tomahawk steak. Five. Front, five five tomahawk steaks. Five of those sons of bitches. Then I would go to the, the, the gourmet cheese aisle and I would get myself a wheel of Parmesan, a wheel of Munster, some, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Ah, oh, Jesus, burrata, because that apparently is more expensive than regular, you know, uh, mozzarella cheese. I learned about that in Chopped. And then I would go to the Spice Isle and see if they have any saffron or vanilla bean, because that shit is expensive. So I'd get a grip of those, five each, like you said. And uh, then I guess I'm going to get really close to the end of my time on that. Uh, and then I would go to the health food section or the um, the vegetarian stuff because that fake meat stuff they charge oh, the organic an amount the organic stuff exactly so now because I don't think they had organic as we know it in the nineties but they certainly had tofu and shit like that so that would be my game plan oh I, wait is there a liquor liquor aisle um, let's say it's not in Maryland so yeah what, yes, what state is this in. Now we're getting really specific. All right, Dave says there's no liquor aisle. So that would be it. I would get some high-class steaks, some high-class cheese. Uh, you know, there always is wine, though, in grocery stores. So I'd go buy and get myself a couple bottles of some sort of top-shelf reds, uh, knock it out with some vegetarian stuff, and the spices from faraway lands and those close by that cost way too much for what they are. I have to say that you're missing a very obvious aisle and I am going and I think there's a reason why you're missing it. So I'm going to go to <laughs> Jeff next. Okay. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to the deli aisle and you know how you buy meat by the pound. I'm buying that shit by the ton. <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold on a second. How is this? So you're saying, wait, uh, so you're going to buy like five tons or are you going to can, yeah, well, Joe, well, I, I need goal, a ruling on this to get the most expensive stuff. Right. So yeah. I'm just going to buy all the deli. There we go. Boom. Done. <laughs> um, all right. You want a serious answer? Yeah. I'm going to go to the meat aisle because uh, steaks are expensive and they're even more expensive now because, you know, packing plants are shut down. So meats, porks, chicken, stuff like that. Um, so is it one of each item or Five. like type Five. of item? 
Five. I mean, sorry, yeah, but five of anything or like five turkeys, five okay. hams. Yeah, I'm just gonna get five filet mignons. I mean, it's the most expensive thing at the grocery store, right? Here's what the thing, though, there? Jeff. Um, like me, you have kids, uh-huh. so what is something else? Uh, expensive you're gonna go at the diapers. Store? Diapers. Formula. Yeah. But here's the thing: you buy paper products at the grocery store, and you're fucked. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just like, yeah. All right, so okay, I'm gonna amend my answer. I'm gonna go to the meat aisle, and then I'm going to the medicine aisle, and I'm buying as much cold medicine as I can because <laughs> it's expensive. Well, wait, and I'm gonna make some meth with it. I, I was gonna say, remember there are there is that law now. You can only buy one packet of Sudafed at a time, so you're gonna have to get yourself some Smurfs to run in there to get the other ones if you want. It. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to ship it. I'm gonna get me a select shopper. I'm gonna whole army of them behind me. And it's um, uh, right before we get to Chris here, I I just have to add one thing. There's a drink out there. I know it's popular in like the inner cities and such, especially down south, but, but, but it's made with cough syrup. And I don't remember what the name is. Scissor. Oh, maybe, maybe. Purple drink. Purple drink's got, it's got. Basically. Yeah. 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 Basically. I know know scissor. It's like where you mix in codeine or cough syrup with codeine with some stuff or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. delicious. It's absolutely wonderful. It's really refreshing, and it puts you right to bed. Yeah. All right. Art speaks from experience, as you can see. Wow. Chris, what would be your strategy? Uh, first is to get Art some rehab. <laughs> and then after that, I'm going right to the seafood section, and I'm going to the fish market, and I'm buying out the fish market. And then, you know, like you said, when you buy paper products or anything, cleaning products are so expensive inside the grocery store. And if you were to buy any like Tupperware products or any knives in a grocery store, it's double to triple the price of where it would be anywhere else. So that's all I would do is I would get seafood, maybe a couple steaks, and then I would get cleaning supplies and I would buy like dinnerware and, and flatware at the grocery store. <laughs> and I guarantee you I would have been with the least amount of food of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I love about these old episodes is that you watch them fill up one cart with like, you know, you know, five turkeys, five hams, so on and so forth. Then they run back and get a second cart. And, 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 and usually right after they, they hit like the meat aisle is when they hit like the diaper aisle and such. So it's, you know, times have changed. But, um, but something else interesting about the show, like uh, they had, bonuses around there so they would have a big let's say balloon of Budweiser and that would be a bonus so if you grabbed it and brought it back to your station where your partner was at the end they they would rip like a sticker off and they would say that it was worth like two hundred dollars or something like that and, and they would add that onto your amount also mm-hmm. if you brewed coffee in, in the grocery store during your time limit I think it was like a hundred dollars, Dave. Is that is, oh. is that correct? I I, I believe that's oh. what the amount was. Yep, you could get coffee. You could get a pound of candy to the exact pound. Wow, those will net oh, yeah. one hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, they also had different uh, monitors around the store, which, if you clicked on them, would give you clues. And if you determine what the item was based off those clues, that would also be an extra bonus here as well um and i also know um i'm also trying to uh i'm also 
trying to drag this out because Art has been asking for a while now what the time check was for Dave. <laughs> I, I asked Dave once. Is, I asked once to make sure <laughs> we're Dave on Dave isn't track. answering us, so. Been over 10 minutes. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, did have plenty of time left. <laughs> um, so I guess I still have to give, I guess I still have to give my answer. Uh, you, uh, you gentlemen are pretty much correct. Load up on meats. Uh, international aisle, especially cheeses and such, diapers, alcohol, if it's a state which has it. I will say this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Guy Fieri, but he has a show, Guy's Grocery Games, that has this, this huge grocery store, you know, which, which contestants play all these games in. This would be, he would not only be the perfect host for the new supermarket suite, but he would, but his store would be the perfect place for the new supermarket sweep and uh and and guy i know that there are people out there who hate him but i love him and uh he is the man Rock and that and is all i have to say on this argument guy if hey, you were out you there if you're listening to this guy fieri we want you on the show yeah he's not his name's pronounced guy fieri okay Whatever. sorry <laughs> let's take that back guy fieri if you're out there we want you on the show <laughs> oh joe's making a little heart <laughs> Because clearly people <laughs> on Radioland can see things. <laughs> well, let's say goodbye well, to that topic. Goodbye. So, Art, I'm going to give you 116 points for this one. Ooh. Because on food52.com, the most expensive thing to put in your cart is vanilla beans. Ah, really? Ah, yeah. see? Now, this Wait, isn't... Son, this is for your Art's own good. <laughs> but, yeah. You got that one. Yeah, I finally got some points. It's only taken however many episodes we've been recording for that. <laughs> Say, Joe, you and all your winnings? Have a taste of my ball. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have Jeff. Jeff, what are you going to amaze us with today? Well, this is a bit of a segment change, but uh, I was talking to my wife, and um, we were talking about ghosts, actually. Ooh. And... I'm a person who doesn't necessarily believe in the supernatural, but uh, I have had a couple strange encounters in my life that I could not explain. So my question is the group is, have you ever had a supernatural encounter? Oh, well. Yes, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. I knew Rico would go out. <laughs> I've had multiple um, encounters at various points in my life. I've seen a ghost, uh, what I believe to be a ghost in my house growing up. I've seen an unidentified flying object in my high school years of course that's not the question here but um, um i have also had... all the stuff you've seen this might take a while <laughs> <laughs> well actually i will make this quick time check, dave time check <laughs> <laughs> i will actually make the... i will actually make this quick though um because a few years ago natural um... joe keep it supernatural not absolutely alien. absolutely um a few years ago um as as art and chris can tell you um i'm a big fan of the supernatural and we actually went to the zach baggins haunted museum out in las vegas uh and zach excuse me zach baggins is the host of ghost adventures on the travel channel um we actually had to sign a waiver going into the museum basically saying like hey uh you come in here there are items purported to be demonic in here you know just so you know um if that's the case you could take shit back with you and uh i will say that there were 
two rooms in the place they gave me the heebie-jeebies and you know i'm so scared i wish i had a ham sandwich to calm my nerves <laughs> and, uh, one room i was standing next to a human skull um and it just gave off a bad vibe and i wanted to get the hell out of that room as quickly as possible there was nothing specific with that room uh but but whatever was there was not happy with my presence um the other was a room at the end of the tour which was said to uh which was the basement of a house that had been torn down which was said to contain 70 plus demons or something like that and i remember as art can too that uh art told me well you know because our tour guide had said you know this is a room that i do not go into so if you're going in you're opening up the door you're going in there blah 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 art turned to me and said well joe if you're brave enough to go in there i will too so i took two steps in and noped right the fuck out and uh and art was actually looking like shag and scoob did exactly the right thing let's scrap <laughs> and Art was actually looking around like he he didn't know that I had actually left the room. <laughs> no, I didn't. I walked in and I had like I'd gone all the way in and I was sitting there. I was like I'll, I thought I was like oh this isn't so bad. Turn around. I was like where the fuck did Joe go? <laughs> it's Why like, is the floor wet? It's like yeah. How is a six foot four guy just suddenly evaporate into thin air? I mean I didn't even hear the door close. <laughs> all right, um, that is my kill. Yes, I do believe in that stuff. Um, but I'm also a, you know, um, I can be a skeptic about some stuff, but I also ha have had some like experiences. However, I will turn this over to Art next. Oh, well, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm glad you brought that up because as you were mentioning the topic, I, um, Jeff, I started wondering, I was like, shit, what am I going to say about this? Because... <clears throat> Not a lot of experiences come right to mind, but now you've jogged my memory, Joe. Um, and I can definitely say that I would that 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 experience was the closest I've ever gotten um, in recent memory. I mean, I think there was a, there was one experience I was there with Chris for back years and years ago as kids in a in a in a cemetery. But the problem for me, we were there, yeah. Oh yeah, you were there too. There That's too. right. So it's yeah. just like the thing is, I don't. Those just are feelings that it's hard for me to reconcile. I wanted to, I want to believe in this so bad. I'm definitely like Fox Mulder in that sense. I want to believe, you know, I want to believe there's something bigger, something more, but I haven't had that many personal experiences that really rattle me. The one you're talking about at, um, in Vegas. Now that was pretty close in that walking into that final room, I didn't really feel much in the other rooms. I mean, they were just kind of creepy in their atmosphere there, but it all felt like parlor tricks. But that last room though, that shit was weird because I came out of that room with a different experience than the other people who went in there with me. They went in and they smelled certain things and they felt a certain temperature. I came out and I had smelled a totally different set of smells and felt a totally different temperature than they did. And we were all in the same room at the same time. So that's pretty freaking weird to me. So that gave me a little bit of hope that there was something there. And I'd like to, again, think there is, but call me a fool because I probably am, but I would love to just have a, a, just a shit my pants scared experience. And I want that to happen in my life because I don't know. I just feel like I need that. I'm just not a strong person of faith. I need to, I need to believe it. Now, now Chris, you were there as well. And I know you said that the room 
with the Dybbuk box gave you a bad vibe. And as well, I know that you also grew up in a home where some, where some weird things happened. Well, I, yes, the, the room in the Dybbuk box was very, very weird to me. It was very strange and I did not like the feeling I got. It was just an overall feeling of you should not be here. And, you know, it's hard to explain. Go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say for our listeners, all three of you out there listening, um, <laughs> the, a Dybbuk is a box from Jewish folklore said to contain a demonic entity. So, right. please, Chris. Do you and, feel dizzy? Do you feel faint? Jesus, thank Christ. I think you've got a heart off. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. I'm so, sorry. Perfectly, perfectly topical. So, so, so quickly. Um, so, uh, yes, I did have that experience there. And uh, I've had several experiences throughout my life. And I actually grew up from um, ages five to 10 in a home that was uh, definitely um, had a presence in it. And we were the only people to ever live in that house. My father had the home custom built on a piece of property that he had purchased. So it wasn't like it was an old house or anything like that. At that time, it was a brand new home that was built, and it did have a presence in there that I had experienced um, several just very, very strange things. And it's unexplainable. And you say you want that moment art where it just scares the living shit out of you and you don't know what it is. You really don't want that moment. You really don't want that at all. And, and the fact that you are living in bliss right now is good because to know that something like that actually exists and can rattle you that bad is not, is, is so powerful and so powerful over you that you really don't want to know that that's out there. So I have experienced it. And not only did I experience it in that home, oddly enough, that home was sold uh, to someone else that I came in contact with much later in life who I found out about 10 years after, 15 years after I had lived there, that uh, I came in contact with this person when I was living in Ocean City that had the exact same experiences in the home that I had. Tell us one of the experiences. Was, paint, a, paint us a picture. Well, it's hard to explain. You know, sometimes it's a certain sound coming out of another room. Sometimes it's a certain smell that you can't get rid of and then all of a sudden it goes away. For instance, one of the instances was uh, we had a Christmas, my, my, my parents used to host our Christmas parties every year. So we'd have about 35 to 40 people over the house. It was a very big house. And we would have a buffet set up in the dining room. And then people would be in the living room and they'd be in the family room and they'd be in the kitchen and all that and wherever they would eat at. And the buffet was only in the dining room. Well, the smell that came out of the dining room smelled like decay. Something just smelt in there very badly when people were in there getting food. And it got so pungent that no one could stay inside the room. And everyone experienced this, all 40 people that were at the home. And after about three hours, everybody left. We had to take the food out of the dining room and put it in the kitchen. Everybody left and the smell just went away like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Almost it was driving people away from the home. Wow. And, and then I would hear two women talking by the front door. It was a huge foyer in there with a, the with a staircase that went up and you would be in the foyer and you would hear two women talking. It would sound like it's coming from the one, the living room. Then you would go into the living room and it would sound like it's coming from the dining room. Then it would sound like it was coming from the family room and it just kept moving around. Um, electronics would go on and off and things like that. Um, you would see visions outside the back door of somebody walking past. The house backed up to woods and there was no neighbors around because we were on four acres of property that we were completely isolated. And it would look like somebody in a black suit walked by the sliding doors 
in the in the in the in the in the Eden kitchen where it went out mm -hmm. to our, our deck, you'd hear things in the basement, you know. And listen, yeah. houses make noises. So if you say you know you hear something, yes, houses shift, houses move, especially a new home. But this was vastly vastly different. Wow, uh, Jeff. Before we round out, what about you, man? Anything? <laughs> Okay, that was not what I meant to play. So, just let's just keep going. But it works. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it doesn't feel as topical as it should. But um, yeah. So again, I'm going to reiterate this. I don't. I don't believe in the supernatural, but I also can't explain some of the things that have happened. Um, so about three years ago, I was sitting in my living room. Uh, this is when I lived in Maryland. Broad daylight, five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm sitting on the couch and my two dogs, we had a, a L-shaped couch. The two dogs are on the other side of the couch. And I see something like out of the corner of my eye. And I look and there's a guy standing in between, in the, right between the basement door and the kitchen. I mean, standing clear as day, like I can see him. And I, I got the, you know, the whole hair on the back of the neck stands up because there's somebody in my house that I don't recognize mm -hmm. and I don't know how the hell they got in there. So I'm about to form the words you know, what are you doing in my home? And he just blinks out right in front of me. And I'm like, okay, oh, I must've had some kind of mini seizure, right? And I'm seeing stuff <laughs> there. What happened though, is my dogs at the same exact time went completely apeshit, ran to mm. the exact spot that guy was standing and just walked in circles and barked in the air. And the, mm. the door was closed, so it wasn't anything outside. There was no other images anywhere. So that was, the first thing that happened, and I didn't say anything to my wife at the time because I thought I was just having a stroke. Um, two days later, I was out with some friends. I came home and my wife was kind of panicky. This was late. This is like two in the morning. I was like, what happened? She's like, I thought you were already home. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I woke up, I looked up, and there was a guy in our room, but it was dark. There's no lights on. It was just a silhouette of a man. And I thought it was you. And I said, hey, you're home early. And you didn't say anything back. And I didn't think of it. And I'm like, well, no, I, I just got home, like, you know, whatever it was, five minutes earlier. So she was kind of like freaked out by, there was definitely a guy in our house. And this happened exactly two days after I saw what I saw. So I thought, again, coincidence is strange. I don't know. Um, but most recently um, in our new home, uh, my mom was here. She was visiting. And I'm in the kitchen and I was getting a piece of, I, I was getting some ice cream or something. And my, my, my family's on the couch and we have two bookshelves on the other side of our TV. And one of the books, and I'm looking at the TV, one of the books slides itself off the shelf. And I thought, oh, you know, book fell off the shelf. That's kind of weird. Like nobody saw it kind of hanging there beforehand. So I go and pick it up and I'm looking and the bookshelf has a lip at the bottom. So you can't just pull the book out. It has to kind of be lifted up and pulled out. And it's the, I guess the depth of the book prevents it from falling because the, the, the opening is short enough where if you pulled sure. it out and let it go, it would just hang there. Like it would yeah. be wedged. So I'm like, how did this book possibly fall out without somebody pulling it? So I don't have an explanation for that, but I saw it happen in my own yeah, eyes right in front of me. Wow. And so did my mom Jeepers. and so did my kids. So that's, see, that's the sort of shit I'm talking about. I would like something like that. I don't have to have a fucking specter standing next to me, but you know, having shit fly off the shelves. You don't and need stuff, a Ghostbusters cool. experience, right? Be careful yeah. what you wish for. It, well, it is there unnerving. we go. I'll be honest. I think Chris was right. Um, 
I, again, I, I say this with a skeptic's mindset because you know, I'm not a believer in this kind of shit, but I also can't explain what I saw twice. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, yeah. so, so Dave, prior, prior to, to us moving on to our next topic here, uh, is there any points that you want to divvy out? Uh, actually, Zach Baggins is going to be one of the most popular people of 2021 because he just bought all the Tiger Kings. Stuff. Yes, he did. He sure did. Including, uh, it's all going to Las Vegas. So, including uh, Tiger King's penis pump. <laughs> you got me. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Joe, I'm going to give you 20 points for that. Good job. Goodbye. All right, so we're okay. on to that's to me. It's topping, yeah, next. it's to me. So I want to do a little bit again. I'm you know doing another nostalgic sort of uh, trip here. I want to go back in time a little bit and let's think about the movie, the movies, or pick one from your childhood that you just loved. You adored it. It was amazing. It was great. And then you went back and watched it 15, 20 years later, and you realize what a huge pile of shit it was. <laughs> But you still like it because you have that that connection to it from your youth. So I, I can say for me, it was Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Great movie, was, but not. It, it was so, there were so many things. There's a lot to unpack with Howard the Duck. Um, I mean, you had the aliens, you had the alien creatures that that freaked me out as a kid. Then you had Leah Thompson with this weird quasi sex scene with a duck that that made me not understand what was happening in the very beginning you had duck boobs and play duck i mean and then you had him it, it was just ah it was just so much going on like my 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 hormones and my emotions didn't know which way they were being pulled and then i go back and watch it later and it's just so bad it is fantastically terrible the effects are garbage Everything is just so weird about it. So that that's for me. Um, what about you, Jeff? Since uh, we, we went on you last, I'm going to pick you first. Well, hold on. So I want to point out something, too, since you brought Power of the Duck. Okay, so as an adult, when you watch this, the sex scene between her and Howard, how, how fucking awkward is that? The whole thing is awkward. It's it just is, like, but that scene. And also, I'm wondering, how is it going to work? Like, because by the way, if anybody out there hasn't checked out Animal Planet or read about this shit, ducks have a really, really horrific penis. It is a corkscrew. It is literally designed by evolution to not penetrate the female duck. If you read about their systems, they're made to keep ducks from getting in there. So I'm just imagining this would not work out very well for Miss Leah Thompson at all. Yeah. Well, he's also a space duck, so. Yeah. Well, that's true. Maybe space ducks have like regular wangs or maybe just giant wangs. Who knows? Oh. And also, wasn't Howard a Duck a Marvel comic book character? He was. He and was yeah. indeed. So, it was one of the early Marvel films. <laughs> and remember, exactly. and remember, during the credits of the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I believe he appeared in there in the uh the collector's Yeah, um, you saw yeah, like a yeah, you saw a hint of him in the collector's thing, yeah. In fact, I believe he was voiced by Seth Green. If oh. I recall correctly. In the, wait, which one? In the movie? In Guardians of the Oh, Galaxy. the Guardians, Guardians movie. Right yeah. It's a different Howard and Duck, though. Not, not yeah. the same. That, I remember the Howard Duck in the new Marvel was much more cartoony. Yeah, exactly. All this right, one so, actually had a little person in a suit. Sorry, Jeff, go. No, 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 go for it. So I'm going to answer this two different ways with two different movies. So the way I think you're intending... Uh, about a year ago, I was able to catch the Toxic Avenger on TV. Oh, I love that which one. <laughs> was awesome when I was a kid because it was like a comic book movie met like meets like Revenge of the Nerds meets like um, 
I don't know, every 80 trope there ever was. But um, yeah, I, I caught it as an adult and I go, you know, as a kid, it was a, it was a superhero-esque kind of movie. And as an adult, you're like, it's a tongue-in-cheek, stupid-ass movie. <laughs> like, it was never intended to be serious, but as a kid, I didn't know that. Um, so the, the other way I was going to answer that, which was a great movie, is Ghostbusters. But when you watch Ghostbusters as an adult, you get the comedy aspects. I didn't even know it was a comedy yeah. until I was probably 22. You, know well, you get I mean? all the jokes that go kid, right like, over your head. It's entertaining and it's scary. But as an adult, you watch like, oh, okay, I, I get why people say this is a comedy now. It's kind of funny. So, yeah, you watch things as an adult and you get a different perspective, even if the movie's good or bad. He slimed me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank Can't you. help it. Can't help it. Um, uh, let's go to Joe. Um, I, I was going to... Believe it or not, we were just talking about Revenge of the Nerds recently. And, you know, as much as I love the movie, it's looking back on, at that now, it is, it's a good movie, but it is so offensive. And I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I realize this is pointless as, uh, or, or this is disappointing, excuse me, um, is not, <laughs> is not about, um, you know, hot button social issues and politics and whatnot but i do have to bring up the fact that the clearly flamboyant member of the nerds team uh who throws the javelin has a specifically made javelin that works with his limp wristed motion and <laughs> forgot about that and the nerd um pretends to be the cheerleader's boyfriend and takes her into a fun house where they have sex. And I, <laughs> there are so many things that I watch. <laughs> when I watch it now, I'm just like, wow, it was funny at the time, but whoa, you could not make this movie now. Well, it's the same thing with Blazing Saddles and tons of other movies. I mean, look, Revenge of the Nerds is 20, no, 36 years old. You know, you're talking about that's a whole other generation and a half ago. It's a, it's a very different world out there. But my you know. favorite part, my favorite part is the is the is the you know the the Greek games, <laughs> so to speak, and how the Asian you know how um, the Asian member of the nerds team they have him compete in a, a race on tricycles where everybody has to drink a beer after after they've completed one circuit and there's 20 circuits so so basically you have to drink 20 beers in the course of 10 minutes sounds pretty and awesome all all i could think while watching this is wouldn't that kill you and it's like, there is so much stuff that revenge of the nerds did that like i loved at the time you know it's still it's still one of my quintessential 80s movies but it's 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 pretty bad when you watch it in hindsight. But uh, 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 what do you have to say, Chris? Well, I, before he gets in, I just want to comment. Dave just mentioned that, you know, 20 beers is just a Saturday for me. Um, and, and that's actually not too far off. I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I was 16 beers in when I met my wife on the 4th of July party. And that was like at three in the afternoon. So there was more that came after it. So 20 beers won't kill you. Okay. But it won't treat you well the next day. Chris. 
So I, I think any movie that you would really pick out that was like an 80s icon movie would would classify as that. And and for me, I mean, I have a couple, but one of the movies that I recently went back to watch, um, and, and I say recently, like within the past three weeks, um, with my girlfriend was Spaceballs. Now, <laughs> I love Mel Brooks, and I think everyone here does. But the reality of it is, when you look at how movies are made today and shows are made today, and then you go back and you watch a movie like Spaceballs, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> and I know it's a, a spoof, so it's supposed to be ridiculous. It's a spoof movie. But that movie stood on its own back then, even, you, you know, even not as a spoof. Like, people watched that movie and got into that without even watching the Star Wars movies. So it was... Uh, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. like, you know, you, you look at movies like that, you look at movies like just the way they were made. Um, another movie that I like, and I always like John Candy was The Great Outdoors. And oh, I love Everybody that loves The Great Outdoors. But when you go back and watch it now, it does not have the same effect that it did when we were kids. You picked up more on the sexual innuendos now when you're an adult, but you don't see like, you know, it just, I don't know. It's, I think it's just the way movies were made back then. One of my favorite lines, you you know what hot dogs are made out of. Lips <laughs> and assholes. <laughs> my favorite was it, Dude, it's great. wasn't it the great, great. out wasn't the great outdoors the one with uh, the old ninety sixer? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sixer if you ate it. My God, there's nothing but fat and gristle left on that plate. <laughs> everything <laughs> if they made a movie like that today it would be a bomb you know it would be it would be like a movie that i mean a movie by an independent film company i know of called fuck wild entertainment called the money shot it'd be like that <laughs> <laughs> yes it's low budget and obscure this man has no dick <laughs> hey uh, i think it was art to mention blazing saddles you know what's funny talking about times of change at the time, that was an anti-racist movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was Mel Brooks's point. Yep. And today well, it's and, not interpreted. And Richard Pryor actually wrote the movie with him. Yeah. Well, Being, you know, Richard Pryor was also like high on, wasn't that his cocaine time? Well, here's the and thing. And it was the 70s. It's everybody's cocaine time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they Mel had, Brooks was probably doing lines too. They had actually wanted Richard Pryor uh, to play the sheriff. The sheriff. But oh, that was his name. A Cleveland Little was it? I, I think it was the main character. He, um, Dave's because checking. of Richard Pryor's stage act, he was deemed to be too controversial. Ah, so right. instead, he just wrote it. But I think that's all the time we have for this topic. Excellent question. Um, and hey, let's show this prehistoric uh, bitch how we do things downtown. So, okay, that wasn't topical either. Still learning these boards. <laughs> so, so, so Dave, what's your points there? So uh, two of you actually picked certified fresh films. Toxic Avenger and Revenge of the Nerds both have 70 points. <laughs> Baseballs rounds up number three at 57. And Howard the Duck, Art's getting 15 points for because it rounded out last at 15%. Nice. I, I just want to mention that Toxic Avenger, I think, was the, the movie that started Troma. Yeah. And it made Troma a home name, homemade That's what name. what it's known for. And the thing about Toxic Avenger that really gets to me that I love about it was you have this movie that's patently for adults. Absolutely. There's nothing about it for children. Yet somehow they spawn a comic book, a cartoon show, <laughs> toys, puzzles, an entire merchandising thing came out of this hardcore movie where a guy's head gets crushed in a weight machine. 
Anyway, <laughs> whatever. But that was common back then. I mean, think about it. RoboCop had a toy line, That's, right? That was an R-rated movie only for adults. Yeah. Terminator, same thing. That's true. All right. Well, um, let's let's hop to our uh, final contributor, Chris. Bring us home with something disappointing. So we've we've all been nostalgic this this you know on this on this podcast so far. So I'm going to bring it up to something a little more modern day and something a little more. Uh, every day to all of us. As I was driving home today, I realized um, that a lot of people have really forgotten how to fucking drive. And a lot of people have been in their homes and they haven't been working and, and they don't know how to fucking drive anymore. They just don't know how to do it. And, and I have never really stopped driving. I've been one of the fortunate ones that was able to, you know, for maybe a two week stint, not, not have to work. And then I was able to go back to work, fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to view that. But I never stopped driving and never stopped living a day to day life. But so many people have, and now they're back on the highways and it's incredibly dangerous. Um, and not only that, like, you know, what are the other things, the other things that you think that maybe you have forgotten how to do during uh, this, you know, short period of time where you've been quarantined in your home and you haven't done your normal day-to-day -day things that you always do, for instance, driving. Um, what else do you think that, that, that has been affected? Jeff, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that's changed for me. I was fortunate where I never really had to stop working. Um, I guess you could say fortunate or unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> so I don't think anything's changed for me in that regard. Well, I'll tell you what is what's challenging for me to remember is to wear a damn mask. Very. Even though I do it every day and I'm required to, I have a tendency to leave a little bastard in the car every time. <laughs> and I catch myself as I'm like badging into the building. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got to go back to my car get my mask. Yeah. And I've caught myself in the hallway a couple of times because where I work, you're required to wear it 24 seven with the exception of your office. So anytime you're in a hallway or a public area, any common area, you have to wear it 24 seven. Um, so, and, and I think you get one violation and it's a written, it's like a verbal. And then the second violation goes right to HR. So oh, they're sure. taking it very seriously. Um, so everybody's like, of course, on edge and like, you know, dodging in the bathrooms and stuff when uh, you caught without your mask. So, so I don't think there's anything I've forgotten as much as, you know, from a change in rep, uh, 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 change in my routine. Uh, what I have forgotten is all the new stuff I have to remember. I was going to say that I've forgotten. Wild man. <laughs> how. <laughs> how to maintain myself on a day-to-day -day basis. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm one of those people who's fortunate enough to have 100% telework. Uh, so I work from home. Um, I, I have a very good job and, um, and I'm able to work from home. And I clock in and out every day, usually you know, get in at six in the morning, work until 2.30 or so in the afternoon. And the thing is, is that working from home, I don't have to dress up. So, you know, typically I would go into work, you know, you know, shirt and tie, dress pants, the whole nine yards, you know, try, try, try look nice because I have a pretty decent job. The th thing is, is that working from home, I dress like a slob now. Like, I mean, what you, what you guys on Zoom 
see me wearing right now, which is a wrestling t-shirt. That's the kind of stuff I wear to work each day right now. In fact, it's that you're actually <laughs> my my coworkers should actually consider themselves lucky if I'm actually half dressed because there have been times where I've been at my laptop with just shorts on or just underwear on or something, you know? So when I go, when I actually go back to the office and Lord knows when that'll be, this will be such a trip for me because, you know, I'm, I'm not used to driving right now. You know, I, I drop my kid off at daycare or, pick them up that's the extent of my driving unless I'm going to like the grocery store so it's you know I'm not used to getting dressed up in fact with the exception of one day where I put on an ordinary pair of shorts you know I've I've been wearing exercise pants the the entire time so so lord knows oh my you know yeah yeah unleash the beast you know it's it's going to be like I mean even looking at me right now um scruffier than I usually am. So it's, you know, I'm basically a caveman right now. It's uh it is going to be such a weird thing going. Once I go back to work, I'm not going to know what the hell to do. You know, you know, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not going to be used to getting up at 4.30, you know, just take a shower, you know, drive into work deal with the belt wage morning uh for for those of you listening at home i live in like the baltimore area so i deal with the baltimore beltway um that can be an adventure in and of itself right there so it's uh covid has really fucked with me and that's about all i have to say how about you art oh no dave was freezing a bit he throws up a little bit there. <laughs> Sorry, Dave is. Uh, he, I just have to speak for Dave unless he wants to chime in, which he should, because um, I know that that comment. Oh damn it! That fucking link didn't actually play. He said the Baltimore Beltway ain't shit. Yes, that's right. He did say the ba- ba- Baltimore. Wow. <laughs> you got people in L.A. and people who deal with the D.C. Beltway. I'm sorry, Joe. I hate when Maryland drivers complain about the L.A. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Art, before oh, you're we get crazy. to you. Oh, and New York. Holy Thank shit. Thank you. I was waiting for the New York comment because I'm the one who brought up the point of people forgot how to fucking drive in At New least. York. Do you have any idea what it's like to be on the highway in New York with people who don't know how to fucking you're fired. drive? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> Go ahead, Art. Yeah, no, I I get it. You know, for you it's bad traffic, but for the rest of us who've actually dealt with real traffic, um, that would be a a, a welcome yeah. relief. Um, but I get it. I am in the same boat where I have been dressing like I am constantly about to, you know, run a leisure jog around the the community which would never happen because i don't jog so it's more likely i look like the kind of dude who's waiting for his pizza to get here from some really sad doordash guy (laughs) that's what i'm doing but what i think i'm gonna have difficulty with and i had a small bit of this the other day when my wife and i were out is i've almost forgotten how to deal with people i don't know interacting with (laughs) new people it's just like there's a whole set of social decorum and proceedings that's yeah i'm just 
I'm a little rusty on. It's like, I forgot. It's like, oh, you just can't just suddenly walk out and put your hand to somebody. And oh, you have to actually look somebody in the eye when you're talking to them because it's not like Zoom where you sit there and dick around on your screen doing something else. It's just the interaction with other people besides who I see all the time, like my wife or my friends here on Zoom. It is the probably the more challenging thing for me is just relearning how to be a person again. Now, luckily, I think my lesson will come back a little faster than you learning how to dress appropriately, Lex. But uh, that's where I'm coming from. I think I'm going to have a hard time, too, with the whole social distancing thing, because my guess is that, you know, once things do get back to normal, standing six feet away it's going to be hard to maintain that at all times you know what i mean it's well i know you, you like to creep up on people that's for sure i am a hugger what can i say but i mean pay attention you know, son this is for your own good listen children <laughs> if you see joe lex coming to you do Run not let him hug away. you <laughs> ignore my windowless van um <laughs> i um <laughs> No, but it's, uh, it's you know, this, you this is You should come on the street. Leave it there. It's not free candy. Poor Delix can't get a damn sentence out. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> Joe has nothing worth to oh, add, so I just keep... Really? <laughs> All right, Joe, hands up. Hands up. Hands are up. Go on. No, no, no. I, I was actually going to say, since we ran over on one of the earlier topics, because we all had to tell our ghost stories, it's probably best if we end this topic here. But, um, but, but no, that's a very good, uh, it's a very good point, uh, Chris. Things are going to be a lot different, and there's going to be a whole lot of things that people have to relearn, including how to drive, how how to use your fucking turn signal. I know that people up in New York and Los Angeles and such don't do that, but it drives me fucking up a wall. <laughs> and we have and we have real traffic here, Joe. <laughs> and then and and next time we'll talk about Joe's issue and obsession with parking. Yes, that's an excellent topic for next time. <laughs> all right, well, that's that's all the time we have for today. But I want well, to hold on, break. hold on. Oh. Dave has to score us. Okay, fine. Dave, Dave give us. So you're getting negative twenty one points for that pity party of bad Baltimore traffic. <laughs> Baltimore so, traffic is an oxymoron. There is no traffic in Baltimore compared to other cities. <laughs> you you lose today's episode at yeah. negative one point. <laughs> But who wins, Dave? Who wins? Oh, Art wins with 100. Oh, look at that. Whoa, Finally, wow. my, my, my ticket has come in. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've done our scoring, I will now thank everybody for coming out. Appreciate it. Chris, Jeff, always a pleasure to have you. Producer Dave, you did well. Lex, you and I, we were just okay. Yeah, um, we're all right. And you know, I need to get into the habit now that if you are listening to this and you liked or at least tolerated what you heard, please leave a review and click subscribe to follow us and stay tuned for our next episode. For now, let's sing ourselves out. I got the blues. I got the blues. I got the Oh, that was <laughs> wow. Ugh.
So how many, how many tracks did you overlap for that? <laughs> that was live. There's no way that was all at the same time. That, that was no, it. No, it was. It was. And we're out. <laughs>